Welcome to this happy podcast. I'm your host, Matt Palmer, joined by my co-host, Paul Jarzembalski and John Grosso. We have a breaking news bulletin. Disney has parted ways with CEO Bob Chapek and is now bringing back, in a stunning turn of events, somehow Bob Iger has returned. Fellas, this is wild. It sure I'm... is. I think it proves that there's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. <laughs> Where were you when you heard the news, Paul? <laughs> I, got was, Paul I, was, I was just about to go to sleep last <laughs> night. And I just was about, I just turned, I, I was just scrolling through and uh, Sarah's actually, my wife, Sarah was scrolling through and she said, I don't know if this is real or not, but you know, WDW news is reporting. And, and I'm like, I looked down and I saw that deadline was reporting it. And then I saw CNN and I'm like, okay, so that's, that's, this is legit. Like non fan Disney fan sites are reporting it. So I, I then turned, I then turned on YouTube and just started watching all the, all the vloggers as they were unpacking this in real time how about you john where were you i was uh asleep um i went to bed early last night um thinking i ought to stock up on the sleep before the birth of my my child and my my wife who is currently doing sort of the active duty of creating and incubating that child and can't uh, sleep and can't sleep woke up and 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 as one does had to use the restroom and debated whether or not to wake me up. Um, and uh, she didn't. And so I think she chose the better path because I think I would have been cranky, but then delighted. And then I probably would have been so delighted I would be excited and couldn't fall back asleep. So when I woke up this morning, oh, bumming, it's Monday. I have so many things to do. I know it's a short week, but there's so many things, so many things, so many things. Why do I have 157 text messages? And it was all different people in my life and this group texting me the joyful Thanksgiving blessings that we received about uh, Chapek's imminent departure and um, the return of the Bob. John, I, I'm just having I'm having images. I'm ha actually I'm actually imagining a Disney scene where there's like it's a it's a Monday morning. The sun is coming up. <laughs> birds are chirping and there's. There's birds singing outside your window and you're like, why is everybody so happy? And then all of a sudden, like you start like singing yourself and, you know. You know, I felt like Dick Van Dyke and Mary Poppins as I'm walking Ellie around my dog this morning. It was like 24 degrees, but I was warm in my heart, just dancing up the street. Jim, 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 Oh, I joke, I joke. Um, but this, this is huge. Matt, what about you? I was, uh, I probably should have been paying attention to my family, but I was scrolling <laughs> That's my always Twitter good when feed. you start off that way. Yeah. Uh, my children were running amok. No, I'm kidding. But I was scrolling my Twitter feed and I saw Scott Gustin, who is one of the bigger uh, news reporters for Disney Parks News, Disney related news, um, tweeted it out. And then all of a sudden I started stacking it up with other, you know, like, like Paul said, Deadline, uh, Hollywood Reporter, and Variety started jumping in. And the fact that it was Bob Iger in that headline, I just thought, like, are they all 
is this April Fool's? Yeah, I, it was too good to be true. Um, yeah. And then I, I was kind of, I'm, you know, hearing you, John, I'm a little surprised that you didn't hear the fireworks shows going off <laughs> around the country from Disney fans. Um, Extra and, Magic Kingdom fireworks last night. Because <laughs> in my mind, it was exactly like the end of Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. Like the conch shell being played by one of the Ewoks. Fireworks were off in the sky and Yubnub. Yubnub. No, it was play. not Yubnub. It was not. It was the celebration theme <laughs> from John Williams. It was because it had to be emotional and poetic to remind you. I right, said, so, okay, fine. I was thinking the exact same thing, Matt. And so I'm putting you right on the spot, right? I was thinking this is like Return of the Jedi. I was looking for videos I could send the you guys. The statue went falling down. The statue went falling down. Who were the three ghosts there? Obviously, Walt, oh. Roy, and who else? Uh, uh, Michael Eisner, even though Michael Eisner. <laughs> I was going to say Eisner, but he's not dead yet. <laughs> oh, oh, it would be, um, what's his name? Uh, his, uh, Walt's son-in-law from uh, that ran the company in the early 80s, uh, late 70s, early 80s. Was it Rob Meyer? Uh, Ron Meyer? Ron Meyer, right? Yes, yeah. Or it could have been Roy Jr., too. Could have been both yes. Roy's. It could there be both go. Roy's. It was Walt, Roy, and Roy smiling down that that. <laughs> that it, it that the, the empire know, had finally been defeated you know i have to confess i grew up thinking that roy disney jr was actually roy disney i but, got yes the same thing because they don't they do look a little alike they do and, but they're both but when we were young roy jr was old old was yes. was getting older and yet and and so we we knew that Roy Senior was also old when we knew him because that's when he launched uh, Disney Disney World. Um, and so, yeah, I would agree with you. I always thought Roy Junior was Roy Senior all that time, and I'm like, man, he really outlived his brother. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Roy Junior also had the Walt mustache. He did. So like, he did. it was all evocative. So yes, Paul, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> we got Roy Senior, Roy Junior, and Walt all looking on. And Bob kind of looks off in the distance. We're talking Bob Iger, and he kind of nods, and then he walks off with all, with all the various people that have been waiting for this moment for <laughs> for two years. And and I and I say all that, and I gotta say, I do feel bad about celebrating the departure of somebody, but like somebody lost their job. I mean. Twenty million dollars. Yeah, later, I was going to say. I think, I think he'll money. be okay. He's, he has, I agree with you, Matt. I, I first, my first thought was, oh, I feel bad. He lost his job, but he has millions of reasons why it's okay. He got the ultimate golden parachute, and then two extra years of a golden parachute on top of that. I think he'll be just fine. Also, if this many people across different levels of fandom, yep, are celebrating your departure, like my cousin. You know, who's, who is, you know, one of my, my very best friends in the world. And I've known him in my entire life. He's my age. He texted me and he's a big Disney guy, but he's not like he doesn't have a Disney podcast. Um, he's, oh, the he's, on, he's, not, he's on that level. Okay. He's not, he's not you know, he, he, he's, he's a perfect, by the way, hey, Mike, I know you're listening. He's a perfectly normal human he's being. A perfectly normal him. human being. He works in the financial world. And he was telling me that everybody was thrilled this morning. That, oh, that was because because Disney was in trouble. Like we should, like I I, I certainly want to dunk on Chapek a little bit more and take our celebratory victory lap like the rest of the Disney fandom. But like 
the there's so much to unpack here. I think we'll be doing it for for many episodes you know, to come. There's implications here for the company beyond just Iger coming back. So like, um, you know, even just la- this, just I was reading forty minutes ago as I was doing my show prep that an email, another email got leaked that Iger basically said he's reversing a chunk of what Chapik is doing right off the bat. Creatives are being brought back to the major decision making, brought back to the table. Like, uh, I know, I know. There's but beautiful man it's beautiful it's beautiful but like disney was in trouble in in a variety of different sectors yeah. um i mean and we're we we're i think we're a stateside disney parks podcast we, and and i think more more often than not we focus on disney world so just from a disney, a disney world perspective they lost market share to universal like dedicated market share for the first time ever yep. epic universe is coming out with mega ips that people care about and Disney World's answer was a, as a Tron roller coaster five years in the making and some vague promises for the future. I mean, we're in trouble here. And 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 so I don't want to say like Iger is this white knight because Iger's not perfect. But Iger, we we desperately, Disney fans desperately needed hope and we got it. Yeah. So I think good. you're you're right though, John, in that. You know, I've said on this podcast somewhat recently um, that Disney's in the place it is largely because of some of the decisions that Bob Iger made. Yeah. He he stamped, he put his stamp on a lot of the things that right now Disney fans are struggling with. Bob Chapek was the, was the guy for the last two years, but he was the Parks guy. And there's people are going to have to reconcile their 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 warm fuzzy feelings i think in some ways with what the company was left with going into say the pandemic by bob iger yeah i agree um i don't want to hear from paul on this too uh because i feel like i'm so excited i keep cutting everybody off but um my my I don't want to be a conspiracy guy. I've seen this take on the internet a few times, but my strong sense was given Iger's connections to China, particularly Shanghai, as Iger emptied the tank on Shanghai, then was given sort of as advance of a warning as one could get about COVID because his exit was hasty. And so my sense is that Iger overextended the company with Shanghai and the 21st Century Fox buy. And I think that was the right move in that world. One never could have anticipated COVID, but he kept it thin, then got nailed by the pandemic. Chapik is sort of the sacrificial lamb at a certain point, right? Like Chapik took all of this on the chin, and now Iger is going to come in now because if you like, if you look, the vanity metrics of the Walt Disney Corporation are, I would think, would indicate trouble, but they're making money hand over fist in parks and and um, with Marvel and a few other sectors. So you could start to ramp up a little bit again. You don't need to be in those austerity measures like Chapik was preaching. So I think it was, so it's a complicated situation, I guess. Anyways, Paul. So my thought is, I, I you know, to be the Disney, Disney Corporation CEO is different than the CEO of every other company. I'd say it's almost very similar. And I don't mean to like hoist it up to this level, but it is almost like the president of the United States. 
the president of the United States, for instance, is more than just the chief executive. He or she has to be the 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 symbol that that inspires a country. They have to put they have to they have to give as much optimism as they do have to do the job, the the day to day of the job. I'd say that the Disney CEO has that responsibility. And I felt I think that the difference and why I think we've all we've been lacking for the this, for the last couple of years um, is that the Disney CEO is that like he's that cheerleader. He's that first it, he's you have to step into Walt's shoes. Walt was a promoter of the brand. Eisner was a promoter of the brand. Iger was a promoter of the brand. Chapek was a CEO. And, and I think if Chapek was the CEO of any other corporation, he probably would not have been run out of town like this. Um, he probably would have been in there for many years. But there's a certain level of responsibility that the Disney CEO has that's different than any other CEO in most other companies in the world. And I think because you have to be the front man or woman, and you have to also run the the, the you have to run the operation. So I think that I don't think Chapek ever truly got that element that was so intrinsic to these CEOs that we can we still know. I mean, what other company do people still know the CEOs of like two CEOs ago? But we do because they're more than just a the 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 spearhead. They are the cheerleader of the company, and I think that that's something that we've been missing. I think we're going to get back which is why i think we're excited because we're getting a cheerleader back at least a better cheerleader than this one was i gotta follow up with you on something paul um i think that's an incredibly wise insight um you are the one that's most recently recently has been to, to walt disney world and i know i know it's very much your happy place and you can find um you know sort of the good in it anywhere i think any three of us if you put us in disney world even in the chapek era would, would, would be happy i have seen quite literally hundreds if not borderline thousands of takes of people saying like i have gone and i have felt like like i felt like like someone picked me up by my ankles shook me down for all of my money okay. sent me on my way and i did not get the value like i have seen more takes on the internet and i don't know if it was astroturfed or what in the chapek era of people saying what about this is different than Universal, than SeaWorld, um, that Disney difference seemed to be eroding. Did you yep. feel that way? Oh, absolutely. I think everything has been minimized. Basically, the, 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 the quality has been minimized. I mean, one of the things about Eisner was, and this was his downfall, I mean, is that he was such a micromanager and perfectionist. But there is a level of that, that Disney was always pristine. Disney was always searching for perfection. Disney was, I I have felt since the last couple of years, it has lowered in its search to be different. Search, yeah, so I would agree. It hasn't felt the same. I mean, one could even argue that this podcast is a result of that. We were lacking finding happiness there, so we needed to find happiness somewhere. And a lot of it is is baked into our nostalgia that we often bring up on this, um, because we know that more than, you know, two years ago that there was a, a, a magic. Now it's it, 
Ever since, in a way, Chapek has taken over, I've noticed the market difference since Chapek took over as uh, Parks chairman. Uh, when he was Parks chairman, the parks did start to go downhill. So there was this period, I think, that was in the late 2000s to about 2014, 15 or so, where the parks were magnificent. Um, and then you slowly, after about 2016, you started noticing an erosion in the quality. And that's when Chapek had taken over as Parks uh, uh, chairman. And then, and then, of course, the last two years has just plummeted. And which is one of the reasons I'm not entirely sure about Josh tomorrow because this, you know, the, the, the parks have not, have actually only gotten worse even since tomorrow. Now one could point to Chapek and say, it's all him, but there's DeMauro no way it has, be just him. Right. Tomorrow has tomorrow not has to execute it. Yeah. He's not stuck his finger in the dam. Um, and that is something that, that I think we, we can't, I think there's a lot of love around tomorrow. Um, but I don't necessarily know if, it's always that earned. And I know, I know Iger is about to do a little bit of cleaning house that, um, and I think that, I don't know if DeMar will survive or what, but I don't think he's the, the other white knight that we're waiting for either. The one thing I will say about tomorrow is at least he goes to the parks. I will agree. Chapek he's a never better front man than, than Chapek ever was. Yes, I would agree. I mean, heck, I, when I was there a couple of weeks ago, I shook tomorrow's hand and you know and he was there and yeah he's got a smooth operation there but there also some decision making he's making so that that isn't so grand but you're right he is doing that at least a few minutes ago paul you were talking about the place that disney ceo has yeah and if you look at michael eisner who kind of picked i think we talked about this a couple weeks ago Michael Eisner picked up the mantle that Walt Disney had where he decided he was going to be comfortable with an animated Mickey Mouse next to him, that he was going to have conversations with him during the wonderful world of Disney. Um, And then sometimes it was, it was Mickey in a costume. Uh, Bob Iger didn't do that as much, but he always looked comfortable around Mickey. Yep. Bob Chapek looked like he was going to call the exterminator. (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's some yeah. There's something to be said about being comfortable at one of the cushiest and funnest jobs you can have. If you can't make it look like you're having a blast either heading the Disney Corporation or heading Disney parks, um yes, you're a business person, but you should be transmitting a sense of joy to the audience, to, to the, to the cast members. Uh, And if the cast members all feel like this is all business, um, they start to lose a little bit of the magic and that gets conveyed to the, to the the people who are paying. It's a company of joy. I mean, whether you're talking about the parks, the movies, Disney plus ESPN, even it's a company that produces joy for the, for, for others. It's not it, again. This is different than any other. Op- even the, even the merchandise, the the whole purpose of Disney merchandise is to produce joy in those who receive those products. Whether it be a T-shirt with Mickey Mouse on it, a plush, or one of the random toy lines or whatever they've got, but it, it's its intention is to produce joy. And I think 
that that is something, again, that the CEO needs to remember that different than every other company on the planet, Disney's sole purpose, sole purpose is to bring joy. So you have to be joyful to be to be at the top of that. Well, I think so, there's something deeply cultural too about Disney that I I mean it, the news this morning was four out of the top five Reddit threads in the world. Uh, there's something deeply deeply cultural about Disney, at least in the Western world, but but throughout um, oh, that yeah. almost uh, I think when you were talking about the president, yeah, okay, yes, obviously the president's the most important important job in in the United States or among the most important job jobs but the the ceo of the walt disney corporation is an extraordinarily i would say it's in the top five percent of sort of like world leaders that are not actually governmental leaders job yeah because the of the cultural impact that you have on at this point six seven eight generations of people Mm -hmm. i mean um in just about every continent yeah every continent in every aspect of entertainment and media I mean, people are watching your movies. Going to going to your parks is a rite of passage for 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 children and and adults. Um, and for the first time, at least in my life, and I know this happened a little bit in the early '90s before Eisner, but for the first time in my life, I started to see that ever so slightly start to erode. And I think that's the ultimate. That plus the stock price. Let's be real. Where the where the final sort of nails in Chapek's coffin. It was like, you know, COVID did a number on this company and did a number on everybody. And Chapek did a number on this company. And, and in, something he was dealt a poor hand. We could at least give him that. But, you know, 100 years, this company is celebrating 100 years. Right. And it's at one of its weakest points in, in recent memory. That's a problem. So... Let's do this. I know we, I'm going to catch you both by surprise here. Oh, cool. But I think we should, we should, in lieu of what's making us happy this week, because I think we've already hashed that out and agreed what, what's making us happy this week. What do you think would be the number one things that each of you, what would be your top thing that Bob Iger needs to establish for the Disney Corporation going forward? Paul, you go first. Well, you mentioned it just now. It's the 100th anniversary of the company. Um, I think that he needs to, he's going to be, for the the two years he's got, if that's indeed what his contract is going to have him, he'll be there during the 100th anniversary of the company. I think that he needs to make the 100th anniversary celebration a movement. He needs to make it what the 50th of Disney World was, everything it was not. Um, he needs to make the 100th anniversary become something that everyone's talking about. He needs he needs this, this moment, this event to truly propel this company into the next 100 years. So I think that to me, one of the things he definitely needs to do is go all in on this on this centennial. Um, because I think that the centennial will will really drive that will really drive where it goes next. Um, and I think that Iger gets nostalgia. 
I think he understands that maybe not nearly as well as like Eisner does, but he definitely understands nostalgia better um, than Chapek did. And I think that there's a mix of future forward looking with also in a, a respect for the, for the 99 years and 11 months that preceded it, you know? So I think he needs to, I think he gets that. And I think that's where I think he can make a great impact. I think that's, I have a hard hard time following that, um, but I think the only logical supplement to what you said, Paul, because I think that is 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 critical, is is for me is the Disney difference. As I need to see Iger reestablish the Disney difference in 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 every aspect of the company where it was eroded. Um, I think that starts with the way he the way the employees of the company are treated, from the Imagineers all the way down to cast members. Um, uh, we've heard horror stories, uh, firings of people unable to make rent, have health care, eat food. Um, Imagineers who are the absolute critical backbone of this company, Bob Weiss, Joe Rohde, uh, resigning sort of in, in a huff uh, um, or being forced out. Is I need to see the Disney difference uh, reemerge with the way Disney treats its, its employees historically it has been a wonderful place to work i think these two years again were very challenging for this company um and i think that will permeate to the to the rest of of the uh, of the company and so i'd like to see a big win in the parks domestically and abroad i'd like to see a big win um i think i'm okay with animation and kanto was huge um and so that's a recent big win but i'd like to see um you know a big win on disney plus um, I would like to see, I would like to see, I don't want to see diehard fans catered to, cause I think that breeds problems, right. but I don't want to see them treated with contempt like they were the last six, six to nine months. I think, um, I think a little more respect for tradition and heritage that hopefully would come out of a hundred year celebration of the, of the corporation, but I'd like to see a big win. I don't know if it's bringing back Magical Express. I'm not saying you need to announce a huge new land. That would be awesome. No. But I want to see Perks return to the Walt Disney World Resort. And I want to see Disneyland retain and regain their AP access and those those fans that make those parks feel alive. Mm-hmm. Um treated with the respect that they deserve because they're giving this company hundreds if not thousands of their dollars every year what about you matt so my top thing is to fund the creatives fund the creatives in imagineering and fund the creatives on the motion picture creation um side of disney uh theatrical uh the theatrical experience has taken a major blow over the last three to four years, particularly the last two years in the wake of the pandemic. Um, The Disney Corporation has put a lot of its funding uh, toward Disney Plus and gone away from theatrical. Um, And I would like to see a return on bringing in some of the best talent, uh, both in the writing and in the production side, to create the next generation of IP. Uh, if you look at what Bob Iger did during his first tenure, he probably over relied on bringing in, importing others, uh, other IPs into the brand. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, if he can leave his mark of starting to, for the next CEO, have the next IPs to build off of, um, that would be, I think, a win for Iger, who has, while he's been a supportive person for the business side and for um, and for potentially other IPs joining, I think he hasn't left his creative imprint. Um, he needs to do that. And I think um, if the Disney parks are ever going to take off again and they're going to be the, 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 the thing for the next generation, they need to invest in the Imagineers. When we look at the 80s, uh, when Michael Eisner took over, one of the first things he did is he stopped in Glendale and he met with all of the various Imagineers and he was awed by what they could accomplish. I think over the last couple of years, we've seen Bob Chapek kind of clean house with the Imagineers and there was the effort to move everybody down to Florida and that seemed to go over like, um, well, I don't want to say anything crude. But I have um, some ideas, but I agree. It's a family podcast. I, I think um, I think what Bob Iger needs to do is he needs to reintroduce himself to the remaining Imagineers and then fund the next generation of Imagineers because Disney parks, if they're going to be an experience for the next 50 years, and the next hundred years, it's going to be based off of what those talented people can do. Um, they need to build from the bottom up with Imagineers uh, and give them the latest technology. Let them pursue dreams, not just for the Asian parks, but for the American parks. Uh, the American parks really do need um, that next generation. Um, and I think if, uh, if, the, uh, if the Imagineers in Glendale can be invested in, I think we could see some truly wonderful things in the next 15 years for the Disney Corporation. So that's what I think. Um, guys, I, I think... Oh, go ahead, Paul. Yeah, and I, I guess if there's something that John kind of started with, uh, in addition is, I, I know it's kind of an obvious fact, but the guest, um, he were, you were starting to talk about the AP, the annual pass holders and uh, the people who are frequent attendants. And I, I feel like... Um, the guests need to not be pandered to need not to be condescended to, but to that, but to, you know, give them that joy of, of, of that experience. I, not that I'm trying to say that it should take a Southwest business model, but there is some wisdom that Southwest has that Disney that really they, and I think they inherited from, from Disney. And I think Disney could ca recapture that, which is that attention to the joy of the consumer, the, the guest experience. Um, one thing I got a lot of my you know comments today have been yeah I wish they just lower prices I wish they just everybody feels they've been that they've that it Disney is beyond what a family can afford and you know again it gets away from Walt's vision and I think it even gets away from Eisner's vision I, I think even Iger was moving it farther away from that vision I think where credibility could also be gained with this such a population is to somehow be to think about that you know a happy a happy guest even if you even if you're charging them less i think overall will bring much more joy to the brand and i think would actually gain you more money because people will want to we want more of that so i also in addition to the the staff, i think also the guests 
and even their pocketbooks need to be attended to. I don't know if that's it might be a bridge too far for 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 Iger, but I I sincerely believe that that's where a, a regain trust and credibility will come from. I agree. I mean, ultimately, it comes down to Walt's challenge um, at the dedication of of Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be an experience for all dreamers of all ages. Yep. Um, and it's not just the parks, but every single bit of, of the Disney brand, you know, that, that film television, um, ESPN. Yep. There are so many aspects of, of the Disney corporation that kind of bleed over into so many aspects of life. Um, we need that corporation, I think, uh, to, to realize its responsibility to, to people um i think confidence in that in in the company has been shaken over the last year to two years um so there's a there's a there's gonna need to be some trust rebuilt yeah, yeah. the world that, needs that, joy and that's a tough couple key, of years that fifth key that they added recently which i think is a good key and that key of inclusion you know there's a ironically even as they were adding that fifth key They've been excluding a lot of people. A lot of people have no longer felt that they are a part of this in many ways. I think we need to be really serious about being inclusive here and to make sure that everybody has a piece of that joy. Yeah, I agree. Inclusion just can't be a buzzword. Right. No, I agree. Well, Matt, what do you think? What do you say? Is that a good good place to end? Yeah. Yeah. I I am uh I'm so excited that we were we jumped on the uh jumped on the mics and and got got to talking tonight. This uh this is right in our wheelhouse. Um, we all clearly very, uh, very clearly love, uh, so much of what is, what, what's part of the Disney brand. So, um, let's look to the future, um, and, and see what's next. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, John. Thank you listener for, for joining us for this journey. And, uh, we will see you real soon.